The sermon preached at St. John's Evangelical Lutheran Church of Hancock, Minnesota, a member of the Wells, on December 28, 2014, based on Psalm 111. Please stand. Grace and peace to you from God, our Father, and our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. The word from God through which the Holy Spirit enables us to praise our Lord is Psalm 111. Praise the Lord. I will extol the Lord with all my heart in the counsel of the upright and in the assembly. Great are the works of the Lord. They are pondered by all who delight in them. Glorious and majestic are his deeds and his righteousness endures forever. He has caused his wonders to be remembered. The Lord is gracious and compassionate. He provides food for those who fear him. He remembers his covenant forever. He has, sworn, he has shown his people the power of his works, giving them the lands of the other nations. The works of his hands are faithful and just. All his precepts are trustworthy. They are steadfast forever and ever, done in faithfulness and uprightness. He provided redemption for his people. He ordained his covenant forever. Holy and awesome is his name. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. All who follow his precepts have good understanding. To him belongs eternal praise. This is the word of our Lord. Please be seated. Dear friends in Christ, fellow saints, wash clean in the blood of our risen Savior. The top 10 news stories of 2014, the five worst movies, the seven funniest slip-ups, the 12 greatest innovations. It's that time of year where people look back at the last 12 months and make up those lists of the best and the worst. We like remembering the year past, even as we enter the new, and that Brings us to another set of lists, doesn't it? New Year's resolutions and lists of goals for the year ahead. Now, as Christians, in our Christian lives, dear friends, we don't need a, a long list of resolutions. In fact, one word, one word can summarize our goal and purpose for the year ahead. And that same word also summarizes our greatest accomplishment of the year past. It's a word that we hear frequently at this time of year, Christmas time. In fact, there is a song that choirs like to sing that repeat this word. It's the first word in the Psalm here today, Psalm 111. In Hebrew though, it's actually written as two words and that word is hallelujah, which means praise the Lord. Now, you don't have to be able to sing Handel's Hallelujah Chorus in order to live a hallelujah life. Rather, just as the psalm writer does, we want to praise the Lord. We not only call on others to praise the Lord, but we individually, personally also step forward to praise him in our life, to extol him with all our heart by what we say and do. Even as the psalm writer not only urges us to praise the Lord, but also to paraphrase him, he says, I too will do it. I will extol the Lord 
I will praise him. Yes, dear Christian friends, with all our heart, whether it's telling a small group or a large assembly, we want to confess the great things our God has done. We want to praise the works of our Lord. We want to say with the psalmist, I will extol the Lord with all my heart in the counsel of the upright and in the assembly. Praise the works of the Lord. Hallelujah. That's the theme here this morning. Praise the work of the Lord. And how do we do that? By remembering what he has done and by following his precepts. That's what we see in the psalm here today. Praise the work of the Lord by remembering what he has done. The psalm begins by presenting us with the greatness of the Lord's work. Great are the works of the Lord. They are pondered by all who delight in them. Yes, how great the works of our God are. They are so great that no one can count them. No one can measure them. No one can rate them as uh, to their beauty, worth, or value. How great the works of our God are whether you are talking about his work of creation from the immense expanse of the universe down to the intricacy of the DNA within ourselves, or whether you are talking about his work within our souls as he takes us who were once lost and condemned creatures and transforms us to become his children, reborn in his image. How great the works of our Lord. How great his works are that we, we want to ponder them Yes, it is our delight, our desire to search out his works and ponder them for they are great in our sight. We desire to ponder his works for you see he is at work in us and through us and around us. We want to search that out and see it in every aspect of our lives. For you see, we can make Christmas lists of many different things, or not Christmas, uh, New Year's lists of, of things past, but as we remember the past, there can be dangers there, can't there? As we remember the past, we can get caught up in the trivia, trivial, which is often what happens in these lists. But even worse than that, when we focus on our accomplishments of the past, we can get caught up in that sinful pride that says, look at what I've done, look at what my kids or my grandkids have done, we know that feeling of that particular kind of self-satisfaction that pushes God to the side and chooses to forget for the moment who it was that gave us the time, the ability, and, and, and the opportunity to achieve what we did. And as we think about the past, there's even a greater danger, I think, at times, not of remembering the highlights, but as we remember the troubles and hardships and pains and losses, how they can haunt us. The guilt of past sins smothers our souls. The anger and grudges against those who have wronged us sour our relationships. Yes, even anger against God can smolder away, leading us uh, to question why we suffered pains and losses. Yes, yes, that kind of remembering, that kind of remembering dampens 
and stifles our praise and silences our hallelujahs. Instead, remember the great things our God has done. Ponder his works. And as we search out his works and ponder how he is at work in us and through us and around us, you know, that fights against that temptation to uh, have selfish pride and uh, that, that wrong kind of self-satisfaction. Well, you see, then, as we remember our achievements, we also are pondering and contemplating that it was the Lord who was truly at work through us in whatever we achieved, for he is the one who prepared in advance the good for us to do. He is the one who works in us to will and to act according to his good purpose. He is the one at work. The Bible, the scriptures, reveal how the Lord was at work through his people in the past. Search the scriptures and ponder them as you search and ponder how the Lord is also at work in you and through you and around you. Then as we remember this past year, then we praise the Lord for the great works he has worked in us and through us. The psalm continues here. Glorious and majestic are his deeds, and his righteousness endures forever. Yes, dear friends, remember the Lord's righteousness. For this is how we deal with the guilt that can so smother our souls and stifle our faith. We have sinned. We have done wrong. We cannot excuse our guilt by trying to lessen our sin. But look what it talks about here. His righteousness. His righteousness has come. That's what we celebrated this Christmas, how God gave his son to become one of us, to bring us his righteousness. Jesus hid his glory and majesty. He clothed himself, covered himself with the rags of our sin and shame. And in exchange, he gave you his glorious robe of righteousness. That righteousness that stands forever, that endures forever, that even stands before the judgment of the Holy God, for it is the perfect righteousness of the Son of God that counts as yours through faith in Christ. Yes, through faith in Jesus, you are arrayed in the marvelous, majestic robe of his righteousness. For that is God's promise. That's the promise he made to you at your baptism. Remember his promise. Remember that he has clothed you with his righteousness. Remember that he has taken away your sins so that guilt no longer need trouble you, for he has credited you with his right record, freely credited it to you. Not because of our attempts to do right, but because of his righteousness, his righteousness that endures forever. Remember his promise and believe. He has covered your sins with his righteousness. How that good news wells up in praise to our God as we remember his righteousness. The psalm continues. He has caused his wonders to be remembered. 
The Lord is gracious and compassionate. Yes, the Lord wants us to remember. He has caused the wonders of his love to remember, to be remembered by us, to be remembered not only by having them written down and recorded in the scriptures, but also by bringing them to us in his holy supper. For in the Lord's Supper, Jesus wants us to remember. Remember what he said, do this in remembrance of me. And so as he brings us the bread and wine and, the, and his body and blood, he says to you and to me, remember, my body was sacrificed on the cross for you. Remember, my blood was poured out to redeem you. Remember that I did this for you, dear sinner, for you, for your forgiveness. For you are the one who is eating my body and drinking my blood. What gracious, compassionate words that he speaks to us in his supper. And as we remember that great forgiveness that comes to us in his supper, how can we not in turn forgive others? Yes, no matter what wrong has been done against you, no matter what grudge has soured your relationships, think of the forgiveness that God has brought to you in Christ. He has taken that unaccountable debt of our sin and counted it against his son, Jesus Christ, instead of you and me. He has forgiven your debt entirely, freely, completely. As we remember his love, the wonders of his love that bring us such forgiveness, how can we not forgive others who have sinned against us? Such so great is his love. Oh, we may still remember the wrong that we have suffered, but we give up the hatred that we carried in our hearts because we know the forgiveness of our God. We remember his forgiveness and the wonders of his love. And so our life praises our God by forgiving others even as he has forgiven us. The psalm continues. He provides food for those who fear him. He remembers his covenant forever. He has shown his people the power of his works, giving them the lands of other nations. Think of the people of Israel, the Israelites, how he rescued them from slavery in Egypt, and then he gave them food in the wilderness, that manna from heaven, sustaining them for 40 years. And then he brought them into the promised land the land of their enemies, the land of the Canaanites. He gave it to his people as their possession, their inheritance. For that was his promise. And he does not forget his promises. He remembers his covenant. And so also, dear friends, the Lord leads us through this life. Remember that the Lord is leading us through this dreary desert of this earthly existence sustaining us day by day, providing what we need until he brings us safely to that heavenly promised land. Remember that. But maybe you want to say, how can I remember that since it hasn't happened to me yet? He hasn't brought me to heaven yet. But that's what the Lord has promised to all who faithfully follow him. To all who are faithful to the end, he has promised the heavenly kingdom. And 
since he does not forget his promises, since he remembers his covenant, it is as good as finished and accomplished, even if it hasn't happened to us personally yet. So we can count on it, we can remember it as already accomplished. And how this changes the way we look at the troubles, hardships, and the losses of this life. Where we can look at them and know that despite what we might see around us, the Lord is leading us heavenward. He is sustaining us and keeping us safe every step of the way. We trust his promise. We trust that he will take care of us. We trust that as long as we keep on following him, we will enter the promised land of heaven. For he does not forget his promises. He remembers his covenant. And so we can live our lives boldly following him even through the darkest and most dangerous valleys because he is leading us heavenward. And that is a life that praises the Lord as we follow him heavenward. Remembering what our God has done for us brings us or leads us to praise him in our lives to praise him for his works. Remembering what our God has done for us also leads us to follow his precepts, which brings us to the second part here. For as we follow his precepts in our lives, our lives become a hallelujah to our Lord. They become a song of praise by the, our words and our actions that we do. Praise the work of the Lord with all your heart as you follow his precepts with an undivided heart. Follow his precepts. For the works of his hands are faithful and just. All his precepts are trustworthy. They are steadfast forever and ever, done in faithfulness and uprightness. Yes, follow his precepts, knowing that they are right and good. Follow his ways, knowing that they will always work out in the end. For he is faithful and just. His precepts are trustworthy. They are always right and good. Now, there's going to be a lot of other messages you get that contradict this. Even from inside of ourselves. Our sinful desires say, tell us that following the Lord's way limits our fun or limits our ability to succeed in this world. Our experiences in life will tell us the same thing, especially when we see that Following the Lord's precepts seems to make our life go from bad to worse. Well, those that go their own way are prospering. And there will certainly be many who give us the advice and the suggestions that we should leave the Lord's ways behind as old-fashioned and get on with the modern way of doing things. But don't listen to those desires, experiences, or suggestions. For the Lord's precepts are trustworthy. They are steadfast. They stand firm forever and ever. They will not fail you. So follow his precepts faithfully. Follow his precepts for he provided redemption for his people. He ordained his covenant forever. Holy and awesome is his name. Yes, look at what he has done for us. He has redeemed us. He has, has ransomed us to be his very own 
The Father gave up His one and only Son, His dear Son, to be the ransom price for you and me. The Son poured out His holy, precious blood to ransom us through His death on the cross. He has redeemed us to be His very own. Now, do you think He who went all the way to the cross for you is going to mislead you by giving you faulty precepts? Of course not. Of course not. So follow His precepts with that confidence that he, in his great love and mercy, has given them to us because we are his people, his redeemed, ransomed people. And finally, follow his precepts. For the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom, and all who follow his precepts have good understanding. To him belongs eternal praise. Now, this fear of the Lord isn't that kind of fear that cowers in terror, cringing, wanting to run and hide and get as far as far away as possible. No, this is the fear that honors the Lord our God. This is the fear that reveres him as the awesome God he is. This is the fear that holds his word and command, that holds his precepts in highest regard. Why would we want to disobey such an awesome God? And this fear that trusts and loves God above all. This is the fundamental principle of true wisdom. All the knowledge and learning of this world cannot make one wise. But this fear of the Lord that follows his precepts is true wisdom and good understanding. A life that follows this wisdom is a life that shouts out hallelujah, praising the work of the Lord our God. And so, dear friends, have fun with the end-of-year lists. But as you look at the year past, remember what the Lord your God has done for you and resolve in the year ahead to follow his precepts for that is how we praise the Lord our God. That is how our lives shout out, Hallelujah. Amen. Please stand. The peace of God that surpasses all understanding will keep your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. Amen.